Welcome to Doctrine and Devotion, a podcast that explores Christian faith and practice from a Reformed Baptist perspective. My name is Joe Thorne. I'm the lead pastor of Redeemer Fellowship in St. Charles, Illinois. And I'm Jimmy Fowler, executive pastor at Redeemer Fellowship. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. Ah, feels good. Sunday's good. Yeah, and you know what? It's, oh, a, it's a nice day out. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I was actually going to ask you, like, man, let's record outside. I would totally record outside. I know, but then we had to take everything and then bring it back, and I was like, it's a little bit different rather than, like, with the Zoom. Yeah. Because it's just one piece. But we could all. do that with the Zoom. Yeah, yeah, but I, won't. I know you want to use the, the you want to use your buttons. No, no, I yeah, you care, like your buttons I don't and your care sliders. About the buttons, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, you know, yeah. it just it just sounds. You got you the know? same mic, sounds just as good. We use the mics with the yeah, zoom. but the thing is, the zoom doesn't go into here, and that's the part. I like being able to see it right there yeah. in multi. You're particular. It's okay. Remember that I time am. we recorded outside in uh, in uh, Portland. And I, uh, I do remember Portland. I do remember recording outside. I don't hot. remember what happened. Yes, it was hot. Oh my gosh! I think we did a video, didn't yeah, we? Uh, yeah, I hated that. Just sweating up a storm. Mm-mm. Rough day, but it was good. That was a good yeah, time. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So, um, deck is now half painted. I just thought I'd let you know. Oh, now, and now, when you say half painted, two so, coats. Okay, rail floor. Yeah, and uh, and that's the first level because we got a because mul- mm-hmm. we're rich, so we have two levels to yeah. our porch. Yeah, like, yeah. You, know, yeah. you don't have that. I've noticed no, no, no. You, you guys, guys, you have you guys small McDonald's potatoes. Yeah. You have small potatoes. Um, so yeah, at the upper deck of mm-hmm. um, <laughs> the upper deck, one step different. Um, so that's been the floor is gray, the rails are white. Mm-hmm. It's drying right now. Yeah, I think we're going to get some of the furniture out there because. Oh, so now now, Jen do the coats. Uh, I did coats and Jen did coats. So okay, and Catherine did some touch up. All right. So when you say you did a coat, mm-hmm. I did the whole rail uh, for the first section, uh-huh. front back, and then. Uh, and then Jen did the second coat. So essentially she did everything. No, I just said I did the first coat. She did the second coat. No, you just said, though, for the first part, there's still a second half of you because you just got through your multi-level. Yeah, we uh, haven't, we've only done the first part. You've only done the first mm-hmm. part. So yeah. you're only doing the first part then. The, yeah, because okay. yeah, we got to get the first part done so we can get the So the rails and you didn't get like like the floor. She did the floor. Yeah. So, okay, so you just did. I did the rails. The five minutes it takes to no, do those rails. A, that was like no, that was because there's a lot to it. That t- that takes about forty minutes to do all those. Yeah. Wow, forty yeah. minutes. Well, you know, listen, uh, I needed an excuse to listen to a new metal album that came out, mm-hmm. and so I could listen to that while painting. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So, I helped. I helped. Okay. You know what? And then, oh, but then the furniture it, did it already come pre-assembled or no? Oh, nothing. Man, how much time did that take you? Well, no, we haven't started on that yet. We will get to that later. So when we say we, mm-hmm. I, mean, mean, I mean she, I mean Jen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we is more of a we she. is the old English way of saying she. <laughs> <laughs> the royal we will take care of this. I'm trying to chill right now. I got my slippers on. Like I'm, I'm like, <gasps> you are wearing oh, your no, slippers. I wear my slippers. I had to check. I had to look. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I am comfy. It's beautiful out. We're gonna we're gonna grill pizzas outside mm. in our fire pit tonight. Mm. It's gonna be fun. That's gonna be nice. Yeah, we're gonna grill tonight. Eat out, eat outside. What are you gonna do? I don't know yet. I haven't decided. Mm. You don't let Michelle decide. No, no, no. Because Canadians aren't really known for their culinary their, their cuisine. The culinary, yeah. Well, I, I, the culinary listen. arts in Canada is basically like bears eating raw fish, <laughs> eagles <laughs> eating like fish out of it. It's all about fish. It's basically pretty much fish, fish in the lakes and streams. Uh, fish and, and and then poutine. Ugh. So when we make poutine, I'll let her take care of that. Never shoplift the poutine. I heard that somewhere. I have you ever? Okay. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. So 
we like to do salmon. I might do salmon tonight. I might grill it on a, on a nice, you know, plank. But mm. I, I'll, I'll decide. I don't know. <sighs> All I, do, I, know. I do the cooking at the house. I love it. Hey, you know, it's Sunday. Did mm-hmm. you see Tony Sermon? Yes. He was good. He was very good. Very good. Really Tony? Good. I called him and, yeah, I told him. Man, Did you call him? Yeah. You phone called him. I phone called him. Yeah. yeah. Look at you. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. You were phone calling everybody today. You phone called me. You phone yeah. called Steve. Yeah. Well, he never got back to no, me. No, he's yes. too busy. He's yeah. He's so important. Well, wait a minute. What time is it? It's twelve eighteen. He's he, still he sleeping. He might sleep in. Yeah. yeah. But uh, <laughs> no, I called Tony. I was I was taking. I was gonna go uh, wash the car, and so I was like, Yeah, I want to give Tony well, a call. I, we already watched the sermon. I let Tony know first before you did, just for the record. Oh, oh, congrats. Yeah. Yeah, don't play it off like it doesn't matter who's first. Well, yeah, yeah. I expect you should be your lead pastor. Yeah, that's right. I just want you all to do my job. Well, good. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you yep. think we... I want points for doing my job. I'm just what I'm saying. I want well, accolades. Well, no, first of all, you don't get accolades for doing your job. You should. No, I want, I want. You get the paycheck. I want a pat you on got, the back. No, you got the paycheck, yeah. and that is your accolade. Okay, no. That, that right that's business is, Jimmy talking no, no, about no, no, there. No, well, yeah. This is Jimmy's thing. He, he's a Jimmy, <laughs> does, Jimmy does not dole out attaboys at his work. No, no, no. He, my, he my doles out checks. Is, <laughs> yeah, my attaboy is silent. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're getting paid. You know I'm pleased. That's it. I, no, for real. Like the idea of like, I got to come and pat you on the back every five minutes. Everybody's different, Jimmy. Some people need a pat on the back to be motivated. No. And then I listened to people's advice and like called over a lady, you know, an elderly lady that's doing a great job. And I was like, trying to, you know, called her over. And I tell you, you're doing really, really well. She starts crying. Yeah. It was meaningful. No, no, no. She had, she was relieved. She assumed I was going to fire her because I only called because people you, over yeah, you, to fire yeah, people. Because you're an abusive <laughs> boss. That's what it is. No, it's not. It's just like, listen, okay, you no got your paycheck. Care. You're good to go. All right. Well, listen, we should talk about the 1689, chapter 26. This time we're in paragraph 12 out of like 40 paragraphs in chapter 26. So <laughs> we're, uh, I want to get to chapter 27. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hold on. Let's see. Let me pull it up. I'm going to read this. All right. Just paragraph 12. Don't right. get crazy. All right. As all believers are bound to join themselves to particular churches when and where they have opportunity to do so, so all that are admitted under the privileges of a church are also under the censures and government thereof, according to the rule of Christ. This is the Baptist word. <laughs> um, yeah, man. So we're, we're just talking, really, we're talking about the, the importance and the priority of Christians belonging to local churches yeah you, you can't go it alone mm-hmm. we're not designed to go it alone we're not created to be alone mm-hmm. and you know in the realm of creation it doesn't make sense to be alone we can't be as healthy as we're designed to be and in the realm of redemption uh we can't be uh healthy as we as we should be uh if we're on our own so uh this is a great chapter and this is a really good paragraph nice and short and mm-hmm. we've got a few things to talk about right we could sure. talk about church membership yep um we could talk about pr- the privileges of of belonging to a church and then yep. we'll get into censures. How about that? Yep. I like it. I like it. But Jimmy, when we're talking about church membership, we've talked a lot about church membership. Yeah. Yeah. We got to make sure to link. Are you actually going to link? I'll link it. We got an episode. All right. On listen, this. when Joe doesn't link it, here's the important thing. Yes. At our website. Just move on. <laughs> at our website, mm-hmm. in the top right, there's this like spotlight, like magnifying it's glass. It's a magnifying spotlight? glass. spotlight? I don't know. Well, it doesn't even look like a sp- it, no. Okay, it's a go spotlight. Ahead. No, it spotlight. Yeah. Spotlight. Well, why is it called spotlight that on a Mac? When you hit the thing, it goes spotlight. That's the same symbol. No, because you're searching. Boom. You're searching. Boom. For where the spotlight should be Boom. shining. Go. Boom. Anyways, you go there and you. Uh, uh, tag, <laughs> sorry, my phone. It's my brother. Uh, you put in there church membership. 
you're gonna you're gonna see it. Yeah, they know how to use a search bar. Okay, it's 2021. No, Anyways. you know the fact that you don't link. I do. I will link to it. it. So we've done we've done this stuff before. We've talked about yep. it before. So we're gonna keep this. All right, turn off your phone, bro. <laughs> what the heck, you can't just leave. Why do people do that? People instead like when they can send one text message, but they they break it up into three, even though it's only like two sentences. Why do people do that? Uh, it looked like it was actually an image of something, and then the comment. Okay. Nobody knows what they're doing. All righty. So Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Uh, in short, when we're talking about church membership, most people in this discussion and even debate about church membership wind up essentially saying, at least in my experience, are willing to admit, well, no, church membership as we practice it isn't explicitly spelled out in Scripture. So doesn't this make this conversation sort of uh, like unworthy of, of Christians who are taking Scripture seriously? Well, I mean, then I guess we shouldn't be talking about the Trinity either. The Trinity, yeah. Because, I mean, because uh, it doesn't say that. Not explicitly. No, it's not explicit and, uh, at all. So so that must mean then, because it's not explicit, there is no such thing. Right. So we just only say what the Scripture explicitly says, when in fact, uh, we don't do that. Many of the truths in Scripture are there implied. Yeah. Uh, they are uh, assumed. Yeah. And so that so we, we are able to deduce that truth from what is said. Yep. And that's really and, what we're And the about. practice of the early church, yeah. Yeah, we, we, we see that uh, clearly articulated, argued well, and supported with Scripture. So one of the things that, uh, that we point to when we're discussing membership— is that um, well? The, even that's the language of Scripture when referring to uh, Christians and their and their connectedness to one another in mm. practical ways. This is not this. People want to go. Well, this is just general like like invisible church stuff. It's not because the whole point is the interaction of these members together. Yeah. By the way. Oh, here we go. By the way. By the way. Uh, stop using partner instead of member. Who uses partner? Oh, all kinds of people. Really? Oh, I don't know. Sojourn. Like, hey, hey, like, sojourn like in Louisville. Like we're partnering together? Yeah, but like we're partners. Here's the thing. I, I get it because people would say, well, we don't like the word membership because it makes people think of a country club mm-hmm. or Costco or a gym. Okay. And obviously, that's not what we're talking that's about. That's not what we're, we're talking, talking about, membership. Yeah. Um, So they, they said, in fact, uh, Daniel one time told me years ago, he goes, yeah, we, we, we decided to use partner. And so early in our church life, he said, uh, we're talking about partners and our partnerships. And so they were doing a baby dedication. Right now, this was a church that was reaching a lot of lost people, mm-hmm. a lot of people from the neighborhood. It's kind of this cool, hipster, bohemian neighborhood at the mm. time. And so they would have tons of people coming that were not believers who were listening and inquiring. So um, when he said, all right, we're going to have all of our partners here stand up as we pray for this family up here that's dedicating their child. Well, their church members stood up and so did a few of the gay and lesbian partners who are visiting the church. Ah, uh, okay. And okay. he was like, had to admit. Not without its problems. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. There you go. So, uh, yeah, we like membership because it's a biblical word. Like in 1 Mm -hmm. Corinthians chapter 12, verses 21 through 26, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we bestow the greatest honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have a same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. Now, this this is clearly a... Um, uh, a reference not just to the interconnectedness of Christians mm-hmm. throughout history, but within actual local within churches. a local go- yeah within a local church itself the the local body coming together because I mean you're not going to be I mean just 
the realistic, right? I'm not rejoicing over what's going on in another church body, right? Unless I know what's going right. on, right? But typically you're not going to know. You're not going to be able to rejoice and to to mourn and to be able to uh, come alongside them. But within our own local establishment, yeah. we do know what's going on. We are able to uh, gather together and support each other here. Yeah, we need each other. And that's, you know, Paul goes to great lengths to show like, listen, we all have these different gifts and we'll talk about that in a little bit, but we all have these different uses and and God has designed us and called us to various things. So we need one another to function properly in a local church. So this idea of membership is important. Uh, membership, belonging to one another, covenanting together, yeah. uh, committing ourselves to each other, just as you do in a, in a family, right? And mm-hmm. so if you're thinking like, well, I'm bored into it. Okay, we'll be Presbyterian. Secondly, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say like, yo, think about it like marriage. And no, it's not a perfect example because, you know, some people want to say like joining our church is like being married. And so leaving that church would be like divorce. And I, I don't think that that's a fair analogy at that point. It breaks down. But it is like a marriage in that you have two people that are not a family covenanting together to become a part of a family, become one family. So that's how I think about it. Body is a good place to start. What else do we have, Jimmy, to, to kind of back this idea of membership up? Yeah, I mean, the the notion of shepherds uh, and and a particular flock, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, Hebrews 13, 17, obey your leaders and submit to them, for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning, for that would be of no advantage to you. So obey Obey, obey. <laughs> You're gonna focus, obey. You're gonna focus on that one, huh? Well, it's just that's what it says. That's what it says. You're yeah. just gonna focus on that. It's obvious. It's the first word in the sentence, so I think it's important. <laughs> All right, James. <laughs> uh, listen, obey your leaders mm, and submit yep. to them. Very good. Right. Yeah. Uh, for they. So here's the part, right? So I mean, I submit to the leadership of Redeemer Fellowship. I submit to the elders. Uh, they hold me accountable. They encourage me. They correct me. Um, and they watch over myself and my family. Uh, I don't feel like like New Covenant, New right. Covenant Church down the road. Yeah. Great church, great church, great church. They tuck in. They tuck in they, their shirts. Yes. Their shirts are very tucked in. They, yes. yes, but they're awesome. But they're, they're fantastic. Uh, I don't. I don't feel that same sense of. No. I don't. I don't feel called to obey that leadership. Right. Right. I don't feel called to submit to them. I don't feel called to submit to Christ Community or to First Baptist or those are like cousins, right? They're like our, they're like our extended family. Yeah. But not a now, part now of. I'm going to show respect and everything, yeah. but but they're not the ones that yeah. are caring. Like here it says, for they are keeping watch over your souls. So they're not the ones uh, that are keeping watch over me. And having to give an account yeah. for me, right? Yep. And that so that's with the importance of when we're talking about shepherds and the particular flock, uh, is when you are a member of that church, you come under that leadership of the church, mm-hmm. hold them accountable. There's a mutualness there, right? Yeah. Um, and yet, but they are the ones that are watching over your soul, and will have to keep an account. It, th- or give an account. Sorry. This 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 should resonate with a Christian, right? That. Yep. Um, like, like, okay, you, you joke about it all the time. I don't like people telling me what to do. Mm-hmm. I don't. No. I, I like to do my thing. Yeah, yeah. I like, yeah. I like how you said it's a joke, but yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. I like, uh, yeah. We can call it a joke. No, no, I'm saying you joke about this reality. Yeah, okay. But yeah, that's a, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I, it's I, true. I, I point out the reality. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Humorously, you pointed out yeah, yeah. that it is a thing. Yes. I don't like doing what people tell me. Yeah, because you're very comical. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but here, but I, I think Jimmy would back this up. Please correct me if I'm wrong. I will. I will. Um, if the elders say this is this needs to be done, there's no question. I'll do it. Yep, I that's will do that absolutely. Thing. That is and true. He's right. If if Pastor Brian says I should do something, 
Like, well, I, we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk. About but, but if then Brian goes, okay, uh, elders, should Joe do this thing? And they'll be like, okay, the elders have spoken. No, you know, that's it's true. No yeah, longer, it's no longer right. a council. It yep. is like specific. All right. So um, when I was, and I've never been into submission I, as a non-Christian, I would not do that sort of a thing. Uh, stereotypical rebellious teen, all that stuff. Mm. But by the time when I was converted and I became a part of the church, I was ready for uh, leaders to guide me and to, and to give me counsel and to tell me what to do. In fact, when I was graduating from Moody, uh, or before I graduated, uh, my pastor at the time, a mentor of mine, give, really helpful to me in a lot of ways, uh, if he would have said, because we talked about it, if he would have said, you're not ready to go to seminary, I think you should take a year or two and just work a job and focus on yourself, and I would have done that. Even though yeah, I was ready yeah. to go to seminary, let's get going. I, that's, what, that's the idea of for me, that was a practical area of submission. Now, if I don't think it would have been sin to necessarily disagree with your pastor. No, no, I agree. I agree. But, it's not. But that's the idea. It's like I, I wanted to actually submit to leaders so yeah. long as they're godly and using scripture. And I think that's important there because this is not a power play, right? Nope. This is not a carte blanche for the leadership to do whatever they want, to yep. say whatever they want, to force you to do whatever they want. Uh, this is done in love. This is done under the authority of Christ, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and in a way that honors and glorifies God. Yeah, you obey your leaders insofar as they are giving you biblical yep. instruction and admonition. Um, when they are not, then obviously... No, and there is a sense in which they can overstep their parameters and oh, yeah. spiritual like a, guides. Like, yeah, I wouldn't go to the church and be like, hey, should I be looking at, like, you know, I'm looking at renting or buying a new facility, right? Mm -hmm. What do you guys think? Like, I'm not going to you guys for that. Now, I might, listen, I might actually talk to Pastor Brian because Brian's oh, yeah. wired in that way. I, you could ask me. That'd be fine. Um, be happy to step in with you guys, talk about businesses. Sure. And, uh, uh, contracts and leases, yeah. uh -huh. leasors, What's the leases. What's the tax abatement? program over at that uh, new DuPage business park? How long? I know Kane. I don't know DuPage County. Oh, Sorry. Okay. <laughs> uh, if it was Kane County, I could help you out it with that. It is in Kane. What oh, is, is it? it really? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. I think it's about 14%. Uh, it's a 10-year tax abatement. Well, oh, well I don't done, know. I don't know. Well oh, abatement. <laughs> I thought you said... A, a... <laughs> I know businesses. <laughs> As it relates to church membership, and we're talking about how we see this working out, we talked about the body idea. Jimmy talked about shepherding the flock, and that relates to the practice of church discipline. Mm. You really can't practice church discipline unless you know who can can't be disciplined. Um, this is it falls under shepherding the flock, really. Yeah. So, like for in, for example, in First Corinthians chapter five, verses nine through thirteen. Paul says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world. Can we just stop? Just, right. just note, not at all. I'm not saying you shouldn't associate with ungodly sexually immoral people in the world. That's not what I'm talking about. You, mm. you can do that. Yeah. To I mean, witness, to, to be present. evangelize. Yeah. Yep. To share the gospel. Okay. Doctrine of separation. Call them to repentance. People like afraid of the world. Anyways. I wrote to you my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, since then you would have to go out of the world. But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed mm. or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. This is just an, one part of the whole discussion on church discipline that comes from 1 Corinthians 5 and Matthew 18 and all of that. So to practice church discipline essentially means 
that you are caring for people when they are in trouble. And, you know, the end game of that is, well, they would be removed from membership, right? Purge the evil person mm. if they are not repentant. Yeah. If they are not capable or willing to be restored, then they are removed. And you can't know, you, first of all, so that means you have to know who is in the church and who is not a part of the church. That's right. That's right. And sometimes who is in the church who needs to be removed from the church because of ongoing, continual, rebellious sin. So that that's... That's one of the things that you got to figure out. Mm. Listen, uh, Jimmy, I just wanted to take a minute here. Can we take a break? Take a breather? Sure, sure. Go okay. ahead. I need to rest here. Yeah, yeah. I know you're getting tired, bro. It's, uh, it's Sunday. Mm, and you're getting older and my, you got your slippers on. I do have my slippers this, this on. This is a safe place. Do you, know, do, you know, do you know where you're at? We're, we're in the church office. We are in your office. Okay. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. Uh, can you tell by the 20, 2017? Sees the year that's ca- uh, that's <laughs> remained blank for all of 2017. <laughs> and 18, 19, 20. Yep, there we go. Well, listen, guys, uh, we are honored that Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary is sponsoring Doctrine yes, and Devotion thanks, guys. for this month. We love you guys. We know a bunch of people out there. People right now are on Instagram and Twitter saying, when are you guys going to do a conference out here? Come to Southeastern. I know. Hey, Southeastern. Oh. Invite us. We'd tell us. We'd love to. Give us a spot, man. We'll get some people together. We'll have a conference. It'll be fun. Well, listen, Southeastern believes that theological education is best done in partnership with the local church. Jimmy and I uh, totally agree. Now, they've got this thing called the Equip Network that empowers churches and ministry organizations to offer accredited and accessible courses to students from the highest level of theological training. The Equip Network weds the seminary experience with real-life ministry opportunities to provide students with the most integrative ministry training available. Students can actually fulfill the remaining degree requirements through the online, hybrid, or campus-based classes. And students can earn up to 36 hours of seminary credit in their local church through equipped classes. And if you are a pastor with an MDiv, you can start an equipped center at your church. So this is for people that want to go to seminary and people mm. that want to start offering seminary classes at their churches. For more information, go to sebts.edu, Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. See how that works? Mm-hmm. sebts.edu, or check out the very specific link in our show notes, and you'll go directly to where you need to go. All right, Jimmy. Let's do this. So, Joe, we kind of talked about uh, already church membership, right? Mm-hmm. Gotta uh, belong. Gotta belong. Gotta belong. It's assumed. It's implied. Uh but now what about the privileges? Yeah. Right? The privileges of membership. Yeah. So it says, you know, we're, we're bound to join ourselves to particular churches mm-hmm. and when and where they have opportunity to do so. So you may not have an opportunity to do so depending yeah. on where you live and yep. when you live. Yep. Uh, you, you, you may be providentially hindered. And when you live? Time. So like this was written in the 1600s gotcha. right, in London. So you might exist in a locale in, mm-hmm. a, in a certain generation. Like let's say, uh, for example... Uh, William Carey going to India to plant churches, right? There might not have, there was no mm. church at the time. So when and where? Mm. Well, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> you thought you had me on something, but I was specifically thinking about this. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. wrong. Uh, yes, you got me. So uh, when and where they have the opportunity to do so. So all that are admitted unto the privileges of a church. Well, the privileges of a church. Mm. Hmm. Mm. Now, obviously I am more privileged than you, Jimmy. Um. So I know you're setting me up. What are you talking? I'm, I'm no, not doing I'm just it. saying. No, I'm, I'm, but there's a difference between my white privilege and <laughs> and the privileges that come with people who um, are a part of a local church. Hmm. So, in no particular order, what are some of the privileges that the confession is referring to when it talks about these privileges that are located in these local assemblies? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, one of the one of the items is corporate worship, the privilege of corporate yeah. worship. I mean, and that's that's something that we are oh, yeah. not experiencing now, right? And we long for now. Yeah. Can you imagine that first Sunday back? On I the was Lord's last Day? night. 
I was I was literally thinking, and I thought like I might cry yeah. the first time we're back together. Yeah. It's gonna be rough. It's gonna be yeah because we long for it. I mean, so this should become much more uh, I guess real for us now mm. uh, as we are having this lack of corporate worship. Right, we're missing out on this privilege, and so now you see what it's like without it. Right now, you see what life's like without corporate worship. And you're going to appreciate it mm. all the more. Like, like Cinderella said. You don't know what you got until it's gone. That's right. Well done. Mm-hmm. Well, it took me a moment. I was like mm-hmm. thinking like glass slipper. I was, oh. like, <laughs> like, oh. I was like, bibbity boppity boop. Uh, like what is it? What is it? Shelter. No, not that one. <laughs> so what, what, when, why is, I mean, so yes, we, we do tend to take for granted the things that we see and have all the time, especially yeah. in our country where you have a lot of freedom. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is so special about corporate worship? Like, is it just because it, is it just this awesome, like experience, like, wow, we're together and we have this awesome music. Like, what is it that makes corporate worship so special? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do love uh, the proclaiming of God's word. I do love sitting under the teaching of God's word. I do love singing God's word uh, and reading God's word. I love doing all those with my other brothers and sisters in Christ. Right. Right. It's not, it's not a concert that you go to for yeah. what's happening on the stage. It's. It's an offering that you are a part of with your f- church family. That's right. And, and, and this family that has covenanted t- together, yeah. right, that has uh, committed to each other uh, to uh, to love and serve the Lord. Yeah, definitely. Corporate worship. And each other. Good. I know that um, uh, Edmund Clowney has this great statement. Everybody should read that book by Clowney on um, the church. Um, but he has this statement in there where he says, the church gathered on the Lord's Day is – the most vivid representation of the kingdom of God at any one point in time, uh, because there you have God's people, and yes, in local assemblies, but you've got all these people coming together from different backgrounds mm-hmm. and ages and generations and socioeconomic brackets and races and all that. They come together and they confess with one voice, one Lord, they share in one spirit, they they pray together, they yeah. sing together. Yeah. Very, very beautiful. Yes, corporate worship is a privilege. Um, you, were, you were just talking about this, Jimmy. We could talk about the spiritual care of pastors. Now, mm. if your pastor is a, a, a total doofus and doesn't care about the people, um, you know that's, of course, possible. You wouldn't consider that uh, a great gain. But for those of us that have been able to be served by pastors well yeah. uh, through the preaching of the word, uh, through you know counseling, perhaps, yeah, yeah. or uh, discipleship, whatever— um, those things are really, really valuable. And so pastors are supposed to watch over the flock, to, to feed the church, to defend the church, um, to, to, to shepherd people throughout their journey of following Jesus in life. And so that's something that you don't get outside of a local church. You might have a mentor, mm-hmm. you might have a friend, but a pastor has a charge over you from God yes. to watch over you, guard you, love you, help you. And along with that, then the the spiritual growth through discipleship, right? So not only is the pastoral staff and the elders uh, watching over you and your spiritual health, but you're also watching out for each other, right? And that's where that commitment, that covenanting Mm -hmm. uh, comes into play is uh, we are committing to watching over each other, to uh, encourage one another, to challenge each other, uh, to call out each other's sin. And I'm not talking about just like looking for that heresy all the time or Mm -hmm. looking to just bash people over the head, but because you love them, you care for them, you want to see them grow Mm -hmm. and to uh, actually live a life worthy of their calling, right? Because we know each other, we're actually able to address those sin issues. And if we're wrong- And and to receive it better. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you said that, Jimmy. Oh, here we go. Because- Oh, here we go. I recently saw a video 
of, uh-huh. of a member of this church uh, abusing an animal. Well, actually, right. abusing some animals, actually. Stop it. And Stop it. These animals were, were caged and terrified as this church member was making loud noises at them. Mm. And uh, I just thought, you know, well, how should I address that person if I wanted to, you know, if you wanted to, uh, you know, uh, call them uh, to attend, you know, call them to account. <laughs> what should I say to them? To why do you do this? I'm just asking. All right, I, I've not been around chickens a lot. All right, yeah, I, apparently, I, yeah, because I, I saw the video. I saw the- <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy's in a chicken coop last night. I saw this video of Jimmy in a chicken coop scaring these chickens. Well, no, they're all quiet and everything. It was too quiet though, mm-hmm. and so I was just like, "You're in the chicken coop." I was right outside the chicken coop. It's yeah. indoors. Though. It's indoors. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. They're just when you went like, you <laughs> did something like that. It was something like that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> poor chickens. All right, so um, thanks. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, and then I fed them uh, and sang a song to them mm. so that they could relax and go to sleep. Did you love them uh, as best as I could? Okay, good. All right, I'll take it back then. Mm. All right, you started rough, mm-hmm. you ended strong. I yeah, like that. yeah. yeah good. Now I might not have done any of the things I said at the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> Okay. Jimmy, if I know somebody who's lying to me, what's the best way? I feel like you've already done the calling me out. Okay, part. I've done that. So corporate worship, uh, spiritual care by pastors, discipleship that you talked about, which is mutual, mm-hmm. uh, top down as well. And top down just means in terms of those who have authority, um, all different ways. Um, and with that, how about this? With, with uh, the discipleship thing, connected to that is the development and the use of our spiritual gifts. That's right. Um, a lot. Everybody is gifted by the Lord in different ways. Uh, some people have... Uh, gifts that are more publicly known yeah. and obvious. Other people have gifts that are just as spiritual, just as powerful, maybe even more powerful, but tend to be a bit more hidden. Yeah, uh, less more behind visible, the scenes. Right? Yeah. So um, we discovered, we best discover those gifts in the context of the local church, and we certainly yes. best yes. use those gifts within the context to and through the local church. So that's a you know, finding where God has called you to serve and be a part of the body, just like Paul was talking about, you know, some are eyes, some are noses, some are the unmentionable parts, Jimmy. So some are, you know, hidden mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and some, some are loud. Some unmentionable parts are loud. They, they are, they are. <laughs> so yes, within the body, within the local church, you could develop and find what those spiritual gifts are. Joe, what do you think about the communion of the saints? Well, as long as, long as it's privilege. not, as long as it's not virtual. <laughs> oh, we're talking about something else. Okay. Um, the communion of the saints is, you know, short is, is a, another way of talking about fellowship that yeah. we have, uh, and it really is sort of a bigger picture uh, category that includes a lot of what we're talking about here. Um, but it is the spiritual relational union that brothers and sisters have in Jesus, wherein we are uh, built up and encouraged and strengthened by one another. That, yeah. That's how I think about it, and this is something that we believe in. Something something that we really know. This is why. We keep our small groups going through Zoom, even though you we're not in person. We're seeing yeah. each other's little faces on screens. Yeah, yeah. Um, we do that because we really do value. We don't need to keep people busy. Like that's not about that. nobody wants yeah, to be it's more not just busy. busy work. Yeah, it, we we love each other. We want to see each other. That's right. That's right. Some people break quarantine and get together anyways and go to chicken farms. Whatever. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just saying that some people do that, but but it's, but it really is because they love the communion of the saints. Like, yeah, that's you know. So now, Jimmy, we. We talk about these things, right? Corporate worship, all these things as privileges associated with membership. Mm-hmm. Don't churches that don't have membership have these 
same things or can't somebody who isn't a part of a local church have these things? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean, you see that, right? They, they, uh, people that are regular tenders do uh, attend corporate worship. They do receive spiritual care from the pastors through, uh, uh, while the pastors are like preaching of God's word, right? Uh, they're, they are growing in discipleship. Uh, they are having opportunities to develop and use their spiritual gifts and they enjoy fellowship with other believers. So, so I guess, yeah, I mean, one could try to say, then what's the point? Like, how, how is it different, Joe? How is it different mm-hmm. to go from, uh, if I don't have to be a member to receive any of this, why should I even be a member to begin with? Because you're yeah. already allowing, I'm already part of this. Right. And we, we have people here who aren't members, or maybe some people take a long time to join. Yep. yep. And while they're not members, or maybe somebody might have a theological hangup, like, you know, I can't, I can't join. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say, like, they, I just t- totally reject uh, an essential aspect of, your church practice. I'm yeah. still a Christian, but we disagree with this. So don't join. Um, they can still experience these things. Mm-hmm. The, I think the fundamental difference is that uh, membership is the, the promise, the oath, the covenant that we will commit ourselves to these things. Right. And so that's why like every church, uh, well, not every church, most churches that have membership have a covenant, yeah, right? Yeah. And some are very detailed and lame, uh, <laughs> unnecessary. Uh, some are vague and say nothing. Uh, but there are many good church covenants out there that, that spell out in, in broad strokes that, uh, you know, we, we are committing ourselves to, to, to what the scripture says. And then they use scripture to show up to love one and serve one another to support this church uh, with, you know, our whole being, right? We want to support to it financially as we are able. We want to support it with our volunteerism or whatever. So um, membership is the formal promise. I am in for you and you are in for me. So that is the difference. So I think membership essentially uh, turns up these privileges to 10. Yeah. Because you have the full commitment. Whereas you can, in your heart, be committed to a church without being a member, but you haven't made that formal oath or promise. And see, this is where I think like early on, you talk about the analogy of marriage. Uh, and I understand that, that, that analogy can break down at certain points. Uh, but I do see it as that, right? Like Michelle and I are not just committed, you know, yeah. willy nilly, like, uh, mm-hmm. we're committed formally we covenant to each other to uh to cherish one another to serve one another to love one another to be uh committed to each other right yeah. um and so i i do see the same here right like because mm-hmm. fights happen issues yeah, come up totally. disagreements happen uh and it's easy i let me rephrase that maybe i'm wrong in this my experience has been uh and in churches i've been at uh it's easier for people to leave over a disagreement when they were never they weren't really committed to it to begin with. Yeah, not formally. There, not there form- is a difference. It's yeah. easier to break up with your girlfriend than it is to divorce your spouse. Or your, Correct. You know what I mean? Exactly. It, totally. And so, yeah, this is why, you know, we're married in our hearts. You know what I mean? I, mm. you, I'm sure you've heard people say that before. Well, no, we're not, we're not married, married, but we're married. We're married, we're married in our hearts. Um, it's like, yeah, but they're, 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 nevertheless, there is a difference between a formal covenant that you make with a person. That's right. And, and just essentially agreeing. You know, yeah. there's a difference. So that, that's, that's, I guess, how we tend to think about the privileges as they relate to, to membership, but then it's got this word, Jimmy, it's got this word. I know you like words. Mm-hmm. Um, Dentures. Th- no, sen- censures. Censures. Oh, sorry. Um, also under the censures and government thereof, according to the rule of Christ. Now, you know what we're talking about. We're talking about censures. 
Yeah. I mean, uh, we we've heard about it even in the news uh, a year or so ago when it came to President Trump. Right. Uh, you heard about it, I think, even with, uh, I think, Clinton. Uh, and so when you're looking at it, I mean, a censure is like that is a formal reprimand or judgment against yeah. an individual. Yeah. Right. It's uh, not a word we use. It's not a word that we lot, use, yeah. but it's. But when we talk about censure, especially when we're looking at scripture and, and what uh, what it looks like biblically, uh, it's not just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. So, like you look at some of these these, it felt like that word was being used as as in politics, right? It's used to kind of like, uh, oh yeah, yeah, political showmanship. Right? Okay, he's gonna be he's gonna be censured for this. But it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't really. There's yeah. no teeth to it, right? Yeah. Where what we're talking about actually has teeth. It actually means something. Yeah. Uh, and it's for a very specific purpose. And we talk about it as church discipline. Yeah. That's that's, that's the, the wording that we use today. And that's you know the the big passage that most people immediately go to is Matthew eighteen fifteen through twenty. It says, "If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother." But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again I say to you, if two or you agree uh, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. So in church discipline, we all know the basic format. And we've got a whole episode on church discipline, multiple episodes, yeah, really. Yeah. So we'll link to that in the show notes unless I don't. And then you can just look for church you discipline. You just go ahead and go to Spotlight. Yeah. Uh, it's not Spotlight, it's Search. And um, so you know, you know the program, right? How it works. If you see a brother in trouble, if he's yep. sinning against you, if he's, then you go to that person, you see if you can help. See if you can fix this thing. Like, Try to address the problem. If he doesn't listen, then take another. Uh, if he won't listen, eventually it comes to the church. If he won't listen to the church, then that person is then removed from the membership. Mm-hmm. That's essentially what we're talking about here. So when we're talking about discipline, we're talking about correction. Yep. We're talking about accountability. Yep. We're talking about. We're also talking about help. It's not yes, just. Yes. It's not just censure in terms of like here's the warning and the judgment. It is correction, accountability, and help. We want to help you get back to where you should be, and then better than you were before. We want to restore you spiritually and in any other possible way that we can help you be restored. If relationships have been broken, if it's possible, we want to help you restore those. And and I know we've talked about it multiple times, but I I, I want to keep making sure we say this because uh, often we see churches doing this wrong. Yep. Yep. Church discipline is meant to be a loving act to help a wayward brother or sister be restored. Yeah. Yeah. It's not love. It's not punishment. That's right. You know, it's, it's not, it's, it's not the penal system. This is, uh, this is the, the opportunity to rescue somebody who is in real danger, spiritual yes. danger, where yes. their life can be undone, where the witness, uh, can be hurt, where the church can wind up being harmed in this process. So if we're talking about correction, accountability, help and restoration and all of this, um, we, we, this basically breaks down into two things, right? Why? Why do we do this? Why is this important? It's to help the wayward, but it's also to warn the tempted. Mm. Now, I, I read this article in Reformation 21 by uh, Chad Van Dixhorn. Uh, he teaches that, I think, at RTS. Now, he said this better than I can say it, so I just want to read uh, his words and the scripture that he uses here. Um, and I'll, I'll actually put this in the show notes so you guys can get a link to this article. He says, church discipline is necessary for reclaiming and gaining the offender. 
Discipline is intended to help the sinner, to draw him back to the Lord. Jude urged Christians to save people, quote, by snatching them out of the fire. The Apostle Paul told Timothy that Hymenaeus and Alexander were, quote, handed over to Satan. Why? So that they may learn not to blaspheme from 1 Timothy 1.20. Mm. The Apostle urged the Corinthians to correct a man. Why? So that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord, from 1 Corinthians 5. He warned them about their sinful conduct at what they called uh, the Lord's Supper. Why? Because he did not want them to eat and drink judgment on themselves. He later reminded them that when they are judged by the Lord, we are disciplined. Why? So that we may not be condemned along with the world. This is why we do it, because we all go wayward in one way or the other. Yeah. And most of the time, all we need is a brother or sister to come along and go, hey, uh, you're you're in the wrong here. Yeah, this is dangerous. Yeah, you're going to get hurt. Now, I want, like, let's let's kind of readjust. Right? Let's repent, uh, change our, what we're looking at, what yeah. we're hoping in. Yep. But it's not just to help the wayward. No, it's uh, to warn the tempted. First Thessalonians uh, 5.14. And we urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient mm. with them all. Yeah. yeah. So it's there are people that aren't wayward, Yeah, but we're all tempted. And we're all, we say this all the time, we're all just a few bad decisions away from wrecking our lives. Yeah. Like most of us are probably not on the precipice of wrecking our lives, but just a few wrong decisions and boop, there we are. Yeah. And now it's really- Boop, there it is. Boop. There it is. Um, so, I mean, to admonish the idle, some people are sort of stagnant, right? They're complacent. Yeah. Uh, some yeah. people are faint-hearted, like they're 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 weary, mm-hmm. and some people are weak. Uh, we need to be patient, warning people. This this all falls under the the fellowship of the saints and one of the, some of the privileges of church. But when we see church discipline happening, when we see the censure, then we go, "Holy smokes, that could be me." Yeah. It's not, whoo, glad that ain't me. <laughs> no, no, no. It, there might, might be an aspect it, it, of that. But by the grace of God, it's not you yeah, at this that's point. Right. Yeah, that's you know? right. Like that could, anytime I see a pastor and, you know, we went through a, a few years where yeah. well-known well, dudes goodness. were just dropping. And it's like, wow, that's, um, that, yeah, that that could be me. And maybe it couldn't be you this second, but it could be you in a couple weeks, right? Things, yeah. things happen fast. So um, these are some of the reasons why we really believe in the local church. Um, we believe membership is important because there's this covenant commitment where we bring one another together. There are mm-hmm. privileges and connected to those privileges is the privilege and the safety and the grace of church discipline. So uh, I'm grateful that God has given me the local church because if I was not in the local church, I would be in full self-destruct mode. Because I guess God causes his people to persevere. He preserves his people. Um, but he does that through the local church. So That's right. Praise God for the local church. We love our local church, Redeemer Fellowship. Love, love. And while you are locked down and quarantine and you maybe you're you're enjoying your pastor's preaching and sermons, but you want more, uh, if you want some supplemental, some supplements, you know, like people believe in the supplements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can go to RedeemerFellowship.org. And Tony is preaching this weekend, did a great job. Fantastic. On Judas. Betrayal. Betrayal. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. Oh, wait, I just got to say what his summer, sermon summary was. Go ahead. It's pretty good. Good. Jesus was betrayed to atone for our betrayal. It was good. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. Well, we'd love to hear your thoughts. You can follow us online on Instagram and Twitter at Doc and Devo or on Facebook slash Doctrine and Devotion. You can head to the website, DrFortune.com. There you can contact us. You can sign up for the email blast or hit up the store, JoeFoStore.com, and grab some gear. Fresh pot every Monday and Thursday. Blog post on Wednesdays. Later. Later.